This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab and very excited to welcome back a guest we had on some years ago when she was just launching a school. Her name is Leisha Suarez and she is the founder and executive director of Merrimack Heights Academy. It's a school that now serves a number of students who face learning, language, or social challenges. Leisha is here with us today to talk about the growth of the school, some new projects that are going on and a fundraiser they have coming up in just a few weeks. Welcome back. Thank you, Sue. So I want to say it's been five years, and when we last talked, I remember that you basically had uh, maybe a student or two interested in the school, and it was like a dream. And now here you are, five years later, you have a campus, you have over a dozen students, they're thriving, you're thinking about growing the school. Talk a little bit about what's happened in the last five years. Wow. It's been quite a journey. Um, I do remember when we first talked all those years ago. It seems like centuries, but it was a few short years ago. Yes. Um, we were just starting. We had one student that was enrolled and possibly a second one coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Things were pretty rocky, but as I said back then, I'll, I say it again, failure was never an option. Uh, we have grown so much, and it seems like it's been so long, but it's really been a short time. In that time, we've gotten approved by the Department of Education. Mm-hmm. That was a daunting process, but we uh, did it. And we bought the campus, which I still... Um, pinch yourself. <laughs> I still pinch myself, and I'm in awe at how we did that. It, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. But uh, so the school owns the property now, which was a big hurdle for us yeah. and a big yeah. hurdle to overcome. Uh, we grew slowly, but just at the right pace. We, mm-hmm. So we started the first year we had one student. The second year we opened with three the third year, we opened with five and ended with seven. Wow. The fourth year, we opened with nine. And this year, we have 13, which is what we are enrolled for. Uh, Talk about, for people who aren't familiar with Merrimack Heights Academy, it's in Merrimack, Mass. Yeah. Uh, and talk about who the students are that go to your school and what your philosophy is. So we have students from, firstly, from a very wide geographic region. We take students that pretty much have not achieved success in the traditional school settings Mm -hmm. or in their previous schools. Most of our our students, actually all our students, have um, significant language learning difficulties. Um, Many of them have come in because they've had school phobias and not been able to attend school for several months, sometimes years. Um, Some of our students have high anxiety all of them have social some social challenges. So we take a wide spectrum of students, a wide variety of uh, disabilities. 
The only thing we exclude is severe behavioral needs because okay. we are not staffed for that. Okay. And how do you, I, I was looking at your sort of mission and your philosophy on your website, and you talk about experiential learning, project-based learning, sort of life skills, whole person learning. Talk about the approach. So our students come in at 8 o'clock in the morning, and they are on all the time because we don't have um we don't segregate what they learn. We assimilate everything into their day. So throughout the day, they're being, um, they do have social skills classes, but they are encouraged to use those strategies right throughout the day. They all do chores through the day. So the life skills piece is not individual classes, but it's part of their school life. So it's not like it's time for math, it's time for writing, it's time for social studies. For them, it's more about integrating all of those things, and maybe they're learning about math by making change at a, at a store or something like that yeah. that's more it, practical. It's, it's very individualized. All our students have uh, such a variety of needs, mm-hmm. and that's why we keep our classes very small. We try to keep, you know, we usually don't have more than four students in a class and we have a, a class a special education teacher as well as an assistant because the needs are so different and the levels are so different but everything is is incorporated so we do with our older students for instance we do banking online banking mm-hmm. where they actually go to the local bank and deposit checks and check their accounts. So it's all real life stuff that they're learning in their classes. We do follow the Massachusetts framework curriculum. Okay. And um, because we are approved, our publicly funded students have to take the standardized tests so that we do, we uh, have to have them take the MCAS. And again, the diploma is always in sight, but if they are not going to achieve that diploma, we still want them to have a productive life, so we take a different path. And I saw that you have ages 11 to 22 are the ages of your students, and you do a lot of college and career readiness. Talk a little bit about why you chose those ages in particular. That's interesting, Sue, because initially when I first started thinking about the school, I just wanted to do high school. So I wanted to do 14 and up and focus on the high school ages and the transition ages. But then it was brought to my attention that for some of these students uh, that are struggling, sometimes high school is too late. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've had so many challenges and bullying and so many hurdles to overcome that by the time they get to that high school age, they've kind of given up. And it made real sense to me when someone mentioned that. And so we this was before we went for our approval, so it was easy to switch. So we went down to ages 12, 12 to 22, mm-hmm. which is seventh grade and up. Um, and recently, I got approval from the Department of Education to go down to 11 because many schools, their middle school starts in sixth grade. And then it's really hard to say, no, we can't take you until your seventh grade. And then they have a year to flounder. Mm-hmm. So um, it makes sense to go down to 11. So we have a middle school grouping, an upper school grouping, and a post-grad or transitional grouping. 
If you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. We've been chatting with Leisha Suarez, the founder and executive director of Merrimack Heights Academy. It's a school that serves students with complex learning, language, and social challenges. The school launched just five years ago, continues to grow its mission (coughs) to provide students with essential life skills and college and career readiness using an experiential learning approach. Let's continue on. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the growth that you've had. Um, Obviously, you've had some success. The student population continues to grow year over year over year. You're now thinking about some new things, including adding a residential element to the whole program. Talk about that a little bit. So that's always been in the background. Right from the beginning, I had wanted to um, have a residential component or a weekly boarding component where the students could come in on Monday morning and leave on Friday. The reasoning behind that was they could still learn their independent living skills and yet maintain a family dynamic and be with their families and their communities for the weekend. Um, I think I was a little over-enthusiastic back then thinking (laughs) I could do it all at the same time. Well, still five (laughs) years in, isn't it? It's still pretty quick. I mean, that's that's a trajectory that, yeah, I don't know. So now that the day program is up and running and we can always improve and we're always looking to be better and better. But uh, now we are looking at splitting the program and doing a transition academy at Merrimack Heights. Oh, where the older students, 17 and up, can opt to stay. We have a a building that is allocated for dorm living. Mm -hmm. And they can stay there and learn how to be independent with their living, with their daily living. So getting themselves to school on time without a parent goading them. Um, You know, they'll be very highly supported, but also allowed to flourish. And one of the reasons being is, as a parent of a child with special needs, I know that that as much as we try to do it, life gets in the way. In the interest of time, we end up doing so much for our children than they, that they could do themselves. So mm-hmm. I think just, you know, that separation helps a student grow. So that's, that's what we are hoping to achieve Again, I'm over-enthusiastic, and I'm hoping I know, I was going to say, September. what's your timeline? And you're going to say, oh, next week, I'm yeah, going to open that. Yeah, if, you, if it were my choice, it would be next week. But realistically, you know, it might be a year. Right. And But that would stay where your location would not change? No. Okay. It, it will be on the campus. It'll so be on it, your current campus. It will campus. be under the umbrella of Merrimack Heights Academy. Talk about the feedback that you get from families and students. It must feel really good because you can see the difference that you're making in these students' lives. You can see it. You can feel it. You can touch it. Um, talk a little bit about what you're hearing from your students and from, from their families about this experience versus traditional school. That's um, Actually, that is my most meaningful metric. Mm-hmm. I love when I, you see the s- students improving in their academic pieces, but when they tell me that they love coming to school, um, that really warms my heart. That it makes all the work, I'm sure, worth it. You say, yes. okay, this is why I'm doing this. Yes, we have students that have refused to go to school for you know months, mm-hmm. and then they come in every day, and that to me is is such a success, you know, to make some a child feel like 
it's okay to be in school? Well, the words that come to mind for me is you make them feel safe and you make them feel accepted, and that then fosters an environment for productive learning because they feel yes. accepted for who they are and safe in the environment. And when you don't have that as a basis, I don't know how you thrive. And I say, you know, if a, a student could be really bright and able to, to flourish in a, to, in a regular school, but if they're not going to go, they're not going to learn. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to feel safe and feel like they have to worry about, you know, not being bullied, they're not going to be open to learning. So it's a nurturing environment that we provide. Our teachers are very caring, and um, the re- we don't see a lot of behaviors because we are able to precept them. And what would you want people to know about your school, or is there are there any misconceptions about what your school is? So... So what would you say to make sure people understand exactly the population you serve and the way that you go about um, educating these these kids? One of the things that we do that really um, I want to emphasize is we teach our students to be uh, self-advocates. It doesn't matter if they're 11 or 22. We are encouraging that self-advocacy all day long, every day. Uh, because we want them to be able to go and and feel comfortable with who they are, regardless of their disability. Mm-hmm. But a misconception that I would like to clear up for not just for parents but for the society at large is we are not in competition with public schools. Right. We want to work collaboratively with the school. The the center of everything we do is the student. Mm-hmm. So if if it's you know. Um, not, if a student is not able to get their needs met in another setting and we can do it, then that's what we want right. to. Right. So, so you're providing a choice, right. an additional choice right. versus a replacement or, yeah, right. and, that and mentality. The best thing is if we work collaboratively with the district that's sending the student because it's that's in the best interest of the student and mm-hmm. the family. You can speak from personal experience. Your daughter attends the school. Yes. What ha- as a mother, how have you seen her benefit from that experience? Wow. Um, she has grown so much just by being there. And the, initially, the concern was there was because it was so small that there would be no social um, opportunities for mm-hmm. her. That girl has a greater social life than I could ever hope to have right now. <laughs> um, we do a lot of collaboration with other agencies. We collaborate with uh, Mass Rehab Commission and the the DDS, and so they they all go out on internships, mm-hmm. and they're placed in internships with uh, natural supports. We also have a partnership or a c- connection with You're With Us, which is an amazing organization, and they partner stu- high school students with college teams. And my daughter is part of the Endicott women's varsity soccer team. Wow. She has all these college friends that she hangs out with. It's been pretty amazing. I feel like at this point, I don't have to worry about her future. See, now that, and that is all most parents want is to know that your child is going to be okay and going to be able to go off and, and do their own thing. Um, so, talk a little bit about. And um, I want that for all my students, not right, just for my daughter. Too, right. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, it started, I think, probably out of your love for your daughter and wanting another choice, but now you created a model 
that's working for all of these students, which is so fabulous. You must feel so good about that because that's something you can, like I said, like you can see the difference you're making in these people, people's lives. That's got to feel tremendously rewarding. When I have time to stop and think about (laughs) it. Yes, it is. If you're just joining us, this is Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and we've been chatting today with Merrimack Heights Academy founder and executive director, Lisa Suarez. Her young school is thriving as they continue to serve the needs of a growing population of students with learning and social challenges. Lisa has a milestone fundraiser in the works to raise critical funds needed to grow the programs at the school. Let's get back to our conversation, and let's talk about the fundraiser that you have coming up. I'm involved. I'm excited excited about it. It's kind of celebrating your five years, but it's also celebrating your students and celebrating what's to come. It's called Broadway Heights for Hope. It's a concert. It takes place on December 1st in Newburyport. Talk about what it is, what you're raising money for, what people can expect if they come to it. Tell us all about it. So I don't, I can't take a lot of credit for this fundraiser. Uh, recently, we hired a marketing uh and development director, Joanne McCarthy, who has just taken the ball and is definitely going to take us to the next level. Perfect. So she has been um, the wheels behind this fundraiser, and all I do is sign letters. (laughs) Uh, And say, yep, go ahead with that, go ahead with that. Um, But it's going to be in two acts. So we have the Longwood Symphony Orchestra doing a benefit concert in the second half. But the first half is something that is really meaningful because it's Merrimack Heights Academy is all about second chances and giving students um, a second chance at at success. Mm -hmm. And this concert is going to be um, featuring young musicians, local musicians, singers, and I think other musicians as well. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have found some inspiration in their lives through music. So it's a little different bent, but it's the same story. Right. uh, Second chances and inspiration. And one of our current students is going to be performing in the first act Oh, I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Which is is really awesome. Singing or performing? He's going to be drumming. Drumming. Oh, that's so great. uh, How is the money that you raise that evening? I'll mention it again. It's Saturday, December 1st. It'll be at the Belleville Church in Newburyport, 7 to 9 o'clock. How will that money be used to, to support programs that you have currently at the school? Are you thinking new programs? Well, there are lots of programs we have had to put on the back burner because our operating budget does not allow for um, expansion as we'd like to see it. Right. So we're hoping to put in a commercial kitchen uh, that we will be able to do a culinary arts program, a hospitality program, but also allow other schools to come in and use it for their students. So Mm -hmm. there again, the collaboration piece. We also would like to uh, allocate some money that we raise at this fundraiser to pay our students for internships because, um, I mean, research has proven that the highest indicator of success is paid work during high school. So we'd like to have paid internships, and right now we don't. We're not able to do that. So That's interesting, and I guess it makes sense because students feel valued, yep. and they're getting paid for their work, and it motivates them, I'm sure, to learn and to, to take initiative. So that makes perfect sense. And when we pay them, we can then we 
also have that natural teaching ability, you know, with the, they have to do taxes, they have to do oh, yes. banking, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's real life. I know. And kids that, are like, wait, what? The government takes like a third of my money? And I was like, yeah, kids, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way so it works. I, I, feel, I feel like, you know, we're going to teach them this stuff and they're going to leave us knowing that it exists, whether they do it or not. Where many, many students come out of high school not even knowing that there is such a thing as taxes. Right, right. So this is great. So I want to just circle back again so people know if they want to get tickets, they can find out more information about the event on your website, which is MerrimackHeightsAcademy.org. Correct. They can find out more. They can call the school and purchase tickets. Um, Again, it's December 1st. It's a Saturday night, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Belleville Church in Newburyport, Mass. Lovely. It's my hometown. I will be there emceeing. We're going to have... The, the Longwood Symphony, we're going to have, I know lo- local actors are going to be there. You're going to have your student performing. It's going to be a very fun night. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, we're almost out of time. Before we leave, I just want to ask you this. What's the greatest lesson you have taken away from this, from this journey you've been on for the past five plus years? Because I know it was in development long before you actually started the school. The thing I've learned the most is patience. Mm. I have never been a patient person. I've always wanted things to happen when I wanted them to happen. And I've really learned that I had to wait. Right. But it has paid off. It's been worth the wait. Right. It's paid off in spades. I mean, this is incredible. I, I, I feel so honored to have watched you fulfill this goal from what literally was an idea when you first came to me that I thought was this wonderful idea. And I had an I had a inkling that you were going to succeed because I could see the determination in your eyes. But then to see it flourish the way it has is incredible. So thank you. We wish you much, much success. And uh, I can't wait for the fundraiser. I hope people will check it out. And if not, and they just want to find out more about your school, MerrimackHeightsAcademy.org. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your support, Sue. Thank you to Leisha Suarez for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women. Your work at Merrimack Heights Academy is not only changing lives, but changing many people's perspectives on alternative learning approaches. Thank you for updating us on your progress and for sharing your mission and future goals with us. Of course, we wish you much continued success. I'm Sue Tab, and you've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. Remember that exceptional women are everywhere. We talk to celebrities and authors and CEOs, but we are also interested in your neighbors, co-workers, and friends who are quietly making an impact out in their communities. Email us if you know someone you'd like to suggest. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, too, to my producer, Kendra Petroni, and to all of you for listening. Be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 7.30 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.